Have you felt disconnected lately? Just feel the fatigue of virtual church? Welcome to Lobby Talk with me, your host, Jonathan Tay, and joined by Pastor Jason Locke for a six-episode series as we try to inject some of that organic chit-chat back into the life of Hope Bible Church and dive into what doing life together looks and feels like in an increasingly remote and digital environment. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for our final episode of Lobby Talk. Today we're commemorating episode six with matching hats and also we're going to grab a few questions that we got from uh, people in the church who've submitted kind of their questions of whether whether it's uh, over the weeks of the sermon prep um, that Jason has been doing or it's just any type of random question that might be not necessarily sermon related but will be related to spiritual walking. So uh, Jason, do you want to start us off with prayer in our final episode? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in light of what we're seeing in a world and the uh, family chat we had this weekend and the conversations I've had with others and I know others have had with itself, uh, with, them, with each other, uh, John 17 comes to mind, and uh, there's a good healthy way for Christians to um, see things differently, and there's a good healthy way that Christians uh, must listen to one another. And I remember of the, the prayer that Jesus prayed for the church um, in John 17. John 17, 20 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I give to them, that they may be a one even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that they may know that you sent me, and love them even as you loved me. Father in heaven, thank you that you have given us glorious unity together with your presence. Jesus said that uh, you, the glory that you've given me, I've given them that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me. God, thank you that you are in us. Christ said, I in them. And it is glorious, Lord God, that your presence is with us. It's glorious that we have this unity. And we see that the purpose of it is for our witness to the world. Lord God, so help me Help me to be a person who listens. Help us all to be people who listen. Help us all to be people who love, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things, being patient and kind, uh, being slow to anger, being abounding in steadfast love, not insisting our own way, not rude. Lord God, thank you for your great love that you have for us. Lord, thank you that I can... Um, be a person who is a learner and a repenter as a disciple should be, Lord God. So, Father, I pray not just for our church, but for the church across the world, that you would sustain us in your glorious unity for the witness of your name, your great name, to our world. Help me, Lord God. Help me to listen and to love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying for us. So let's jump in. Um, I've got a question through email and then a question through Instagram. And we'll start with the one from the email, okay? So I'm just pulling great. that up. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a great question. Do you have any new uh, do you have any advice to new Christians 
growing up in non-Christian families. Uh, I imagine it's a little different in the times that we're in now, especially being mm-hmm. uh, home alone and things like that, or being mm-hmm. the only Christian in your household. So do you have mm-hmm. any advice regarding that? Mm. Yeah, so I'm reminded of what Jesus said um, to uh, his disciples in Matthew 19. We preached through this passage in Easter. After the rich young ruler would not leave all of his riches uh, to follow Jesus, um, the disciples said, who can be saved? And Jesus says, with man it's impossible, with God all things are possible. So the fact that someone's uh, writing in saying, hey, I'm a new Christian, shows that the impossible miracle working love and grace of God has transformed your life and rescued you from um, a way that leads to destruction into a way that leads to that is life so uh, how great is it to see that they're new to Christ is evidence of God's miracles in their life but then Jesus says this um, Matthew 19 29 everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life but the many who are first will be last and the last first so two great things in this passage number one if you're the only christian in your family um this is kind of normal for what a lot of people it is to follow jesus um you when you go on a journey of discipleship you are leaving something and you may have grown up in the home uh, with your mom and your dad and your siblings and they may have raised you in a certain way but coming to Christ might mean that you leave what they've taught you so that you can follow Christ himself but the promise is that to leave those things you'll receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life and I remember listening reading this and how can you receive a hundredfold mother right you have one mother how can you receive a hundredfold father? Well, the, what it's, Jesus is saying is that there is a, a new sense of a spiritual family that even though your biological family may not be there for you, in the church we, have, we are the household of God. We are the family of faith. So if you're um, new to your family, uh, new to the family of faith, I would say learn to do life with the family. And it's different right now because we're all online. But um, really press in to brothers and sisters. And that's who we are. All Christians are brothers and sisters. So learn to fight with your siblings. <laughs> learn to find an uh, older uh, uh, woman who can mentor you as a mother or an older uh, father who can mentor you as a, uh, a man who can mentor you as a, as a dad. I say fighting with your siblings facetiously, right? But sometimes we, in, in the church, we do have disagreements, but we can learn in love to be able to press into your family is what I'm saying. But then in verse 30, it says this, many who are first will be last and the last first. This reminds me that there's opportunity in your home now. Um, some of the hardest people to share the gospel with your family. It's yeah. frankly easier to do what people call contact evangelism, where you just meet a d- dude on the street, tell him about Jesus, you might never see them again. It's harder to share Jesus with people who you're going to see again and who you know don't like them. But Jesus says to follow him means to take the last place, to be a servant. And I would say, like especially now during like quarantine, self uh, physical distancing time, if you're at home a lot with a family who doesn't know Jesus, uh, I would encourage people like this to take the um, intentionally do those chores in the house that the rest of the family doesn't like. That's what a servant does. 
That's what Jesus did in John 13 when he washed his disciples' feet. Not a not a pretty job. So whatever is the thing in your home that other people don't like to do, like maybe you've tried to tell your family about Jesus and they're like off put by it. Serve like Jesus did, right? Take the nasty garbage out. I don't know what people don't like to do in your household. Whatever it is, mowing the lawn, whatever it is, be willing to put yourself in a place that says, hey, I want to serve you. And do that because Jesus gave his life up for you. And Jesus is our example that we ought to love one another as he loved too. So those two things I would say. Number one, press into your spiritual family. Number two, you are the light of the world. Uh, you are a servant. Uh, tell Jesus with your words, but show Jesus with your actions and do the thing that the rest of your family wouldn't want to do. And even if you get no response from it, even if no one notices anything, that's even better because you have a reward. When no one else sees it, you have a reward from your Father who is in heaven, and God approves that type of service. So, Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, second question comes from Instagram. Uh, the mm -hmm. question, this one is a toughie. Uh, how do you teach your children or kids in general how to suffer well yeah so I can give a story that might be helpful um, there's different types of what's the word pedagogy is that, is that the right word that you talk about um, education I'm googling it right now pedagogy pedagogy is the method or practice of teaching especially as an academic or theoretical concept. There are different philosophies of education, pedagogy, um, and uh, <clears throat> one of the things that people often get confused about Christianity is they mostly think that it is l learning to follow Jesus is a classroom setting of learning, and I'd say it's, it's not primarily that. Jesus' first disciples that he picked he literally said, follow me. And they literally left where they were and followed where, uh, and, 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 and like followed where he went. Where Jesus went, they went. Where Jesus slept, they were there. Where Jesus ate, they were there. He would teach to crowds, but he would give his disciples like special <clears throat> instruction. Um, but it wasn't just the teaching, it was the watching as well. And then after watching and listening, then Jesus would send them out and do it. The type of learning that best in our context would be compared to what being a Christian is would be an apprenticeship, yeah. right? Where you follow someone who is qualified, an, uh, an electrician, a plumber, a mechanic. And yeah, there's stuff you need to learn in class and there's tests you need to take. But most of the time, it starts with you watching someone else. Yep. Watch how I do it. Just watch. And and then there's a sharing. And uh, let's let's do this together. And then there's it's a gradual release of responsibility where it starts with you totally watch. Then the the te you totally watch the teacher. Then the teacher totally watches you. And I would say with suffering. There's a lot that we can must. The Bible speaks so much about it, but most of the ways that we learn to suffer is in this apprenticeship way. And the question was specifically for kids, right? Yes. So, so I'll give a brief example. Um, I wasn't ever pl planning on sharing this, but it might be helpful. My daughter is two and a half years old. I'm learning. Uh, as I see things happen in the news, how it is good 
to mourn and lament. I'm trying to look, do practice that more. And in our age, where we're always connected and always involved, we rarely get the space, unless we intentionally try to, to actually process our moments. Two and a half, three weeks ago, <clears throat> there was an explosion at a home in Markham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gas leak. Home exploded. Uh, um, uh, a 12-year-old kid died. And uh, his, his body was trapped in the basement. And I was really uh, sh pretty shook by that. And um, uh, I was really shook by it. And Markham is my home. Markham is, well, I'm not just a pastor in Markham, I'm a, Markham is my home, I love Markham. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I got really emotional. I thought to myself, why am I getting emotional? And then I thought to myself, what do I do with this emotion? Do I just do I just numb it or do I run with it? Do I do I embrace it? Do I? So I just told Jan, my wife, I said, Jenny, we gotta, we have to, I, I, I feel like mourning. I feel like um, it would be good to embrace this. So we packed up the family. Uh, another family I know in our church uh, did the same thing with their kids as well. Uh, their kids were a bit older. Their kids were two kids, 12 and 10. I'm not sure exactly how old they were, but I saw another, and it wasn't the only, I, other family did this too. We packed up our kids, we went to No Frills, we got flowers. We drove to the where the home was. Uh, we, I was just planning on tying the flowers to, the, to a tree nearby and praying but then we were able to actually see a family member and give the flowers directly to the family member oh. and yeah with my daughter in my arms and tears in my eyes I just said we're, we're sorry for your loss and uh, then we went into a corner by ourselves and we prayed and my daughter's too and I, my daughter doesn't the comp, my daughter doesn't know what death is she doesn't get, get death yeah. so we just said there's a boy who got a really bad owie and won't be able to see his family again and we need to go help we need to show love to the family so that i told her we were doing that and then we carried her with us the whole time yeah. and i could tell i could tell that she was really my two-year-old daughter was really um marked by it over the next couple of days she would actually say mommy daddy can we pray for the boy in his alley like, oh. on her own she would bring it up so and then i saw so I would say, uh, teach your kids suffering well by sh letting them share in your suffering. Parents don't. Um, parents will do well for their kids by inappropriate ways, uh, based on what they're. Um, I'll give you another example. There's a family in our church. Uh, this past week, after everything that happened in in the world, I took time to be able to contact uh, uh, people of color in our church and specifically black brothers and sisters to talk with them. And there was one uh, godly gentleman who I talked to, and I asked him, you've got um, one child who's in their 20s and one child who's uh, just started youth ministry. How's your, son, how's your son who just or started youth ministry or your child just started youth ministry processing this? Because your son's black and you're a black family. And they said, they told me we watched the video with him, and we told him this is sin. Uh, this is sin and Jesus is their savior um, and they sh so um, I, I respect them for choosing to do that I'm not sure if I would have but I guess all that to be said 
share in suffering with your kids. Don't be afraid to let them see your uh, you process it yourself, and do it in ways that respect their age and their comprehension. Of course. And do it together. Um, that's not easy, but I think is I think one of the reasons we can't do that is because we as adults don't know how to uh, process our own emotions in this uh, always connected, always on age, as well as maybe people would have had in the past. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, I, that, the, one of the things I don't like about calling a Q&A Q&A is because they don't have answers, I just have a response. Someone else might have yeah. a different response. A lot of people call Q&As Q&Rs now, so maybe this is the, this is a Q&R. <laughs> All right, this is our, 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 our pivot to Q&R instead. <laughs> yeah, so my, that, I, I, I that may, response may be more appropriate, I don't know. Uh, I'm learning a lot of this myself, but this is what I try to do with my kids and what I've seen other people do with their kids. So hopefully people can learn to do that themselves too. Or, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, appreciate that. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think I definitely relate to that on some level because uh, like you mentioned, there is the in-classroom or formal learning setting that's very theoretical. And then there's mm -hmm. the actual apprenticeship where you learn most of it. So as someone yeah. who, who works as a physiotherapist, I have all of this theoretical knowledge Mm. But a lot of it I had to toss out the window as soon as I got into the job and on the job learning was so different than mm. textbook, right? So yeah, definitely understand jo that part of it. John, do you, do you, as a kid, do you remember any moments of like when you saw pain and suffering and it really marked you as a kid? I think now when you ask me on the spot now, I probably can't give you a very specific example. Yeah. But um, I know for a fact that I have talked about this kind of thing with my parents before and they're like wow mm. you remember that so i remember mm. those type of conversations where they said wow you remember that and i would say yeah i remember that i don't remember mm. every detail but i remember how marked i was by an incident or a time in my life so i think mm. the idea of being marked by an incident um is probably a really good way to put it mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was uh, my one of my parents went through a significant, uh, significant life-threatening uh, surgery, and like mm -hmm. they were frank about it, honest about it, and shared in space with us through it. I remember as a little, 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 little kid, uh, littler kid. Maybe I'm dating myself by calling myself a little kid by this with this event, but I remember seeing my mom ball uh, during Princess Diana's funeral. And uh, that I, that was that made me super emotional, and uh, mm. yeah, yeah. So kids are very perceptive, and kids see, and uh, yeah, mm. yeah. Cool. Mm. Uh, I want to jump into the sermon a little bit. This last right. thing that we had, um, it yeah. wraps up, I guess, <clears throat> everything that we've talked about. Um, you know, we had the whole Holy Spirit and being empowered mm -hmm. series, and then mm -hmm. uh, this week six before we jump back into Acts, we went into Psalm and why worship feels dull and I felt that was pretty appropriate considering you know we've now done I think the day is like you guys mentioned 84 days away from yeah. the church yeah as yeah. I uh, on the day I recorded it on Friday the 5th it had been 84 yeah. days so that's like yeah. close to I said three I said uh, <clears throat> three three months right and uh, Candace my wife she's like yeah that's like a quarter of the year I'm like whoa when you yeah, say it right. that way it feels way longer than say 84 for, I don't know, maybe 84 days feels long, but when she mm -hmm. said a quarter of the year has been lost to virtual church, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That sounds mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. um, Pretty much so spring. You meant, 
Pardon me? Pretty much all of spring. Spring is just... Yeah. 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 And, and and then we still there's no end necessarily insight yet, right? So yeah, um, yeah. embrace extraordinary extraordinary measures is what you're mm-hmm. saying about mm-hmm. how we might have to embrace the time that we're in because uh, right now we might feel trapped, we might feel lost, we might feel the lack of joy, the togetherness that we have at church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that the three things you mentioned of how to worship like exiles. The first one is stop pretending like it's normal. It's not. Mm-hmm. Number two, embrace extraordinary measures for worship and exile. And then number three, press on. Um, mm-hmm. I want to focus on number two a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Embrace extraordinary measures for worship and exile. What practical ways do you think that might look like for our church or for our families that are in our church? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think most of them are... Uh, I'd say it can be different for different uh, individuals, sure. but I would say um, one of them is uh, ramp up your personal spiritual disciplines. Um, Daniel, or Daniel, the prophet Daniel, right during exile, was put into jail for praying three times a day, but that actually wasn't abnormal for Jews. Like that, three times a day, likely coordinated with the morning. At, with the three sacrifices that happened at the temple and normally the Jews um, at least in the morning I'm not sure exactly the history but they would recite scripture with it like the the Jewish prayer called the Shema which is just Deuteronomy 6 hear O Lord the Lord your God is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength and the Shema is the Hebrew word for hear hear someone lifts up their voice and says listen to this and anyway so that uh, Daniel would likely have read a passage like that and then uh, prayed uh, responsibly or prayed prayed to that. So I would say uh, it, it means ramping up your spiritual devotions. And I'm trying to do that in ways myself. I've, um, I've been reading um, the Book of Common Prayer by from the Anglican Church the um, reading what uh, worship was like in the England in the early Reformation and one of the things that they required I read that Tim Keller did this in his book on prayer he said that he made this his practice and I didn't I wondered where what motivated him and it was probably motivated from the Book of Common Prayer the Church of England required their priests to read through the whole Psalms every month um, all 150 psalms oh. and for the month of June I have challenged that to be uh, I've challenged that for myself to read through the whole psalms um, and it is like I told you even this morning before we called I was on Psalm 37 um, fret not yourself it only tends to evil so it's dramatically it's, it's reading through the psalms helps change my prayer life so that's one thing I'm trying to do yeah. um, I would say also Thankful, thankfully, because of the encouragement to my wife, even though I don't want to, I'm singing loud during our online services. <laughs> so yeah. you know what this reminds me of? You know why it reminds me of why I don't sing loud? It reminds me of like um, going to a sports event, right? Seeing yeah. a live sports event. When the team is doing really good or someone starts off a cheer and you're like, defense, mm, mm, de-, and like they're doing really good, everyone gets into it. But all yeah. of a sudden when like, it might die out, and then you're only the only one. Thief, 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 
defect. And then you <laughs> stop. So awkward. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that moment of awkwardness, like is every moment of online church. Yeah, I get <laughs> right? that. I get that. So but even though it is, I'm just singing loud anyway. So that's what I would say. Embrace stop pretending, embrace of the awkward, and sing loud anyway. Because what I, I tried to say in this term, and it was something that really impacted me recently, and just, just the reality of, like, we get together and we do benefit. We benefit tremendously, but worship together is not primarily about us. It's about yeah. it's about God and glorifying Him. So, yeah, it's awkward for you. Guess what? It's not for you. It's a song of offering to Him. Hebrews 13, or... Um, uh, through him then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name so sing even though it's awkward so that's that's the one thing I'm doing together with uh, enhanced spiritual disciplines and um, yeah that those are the two things I'm trying to incorporate uh, more anything like when you think about your own life yeah. John what what new things more things extraordinary things would you think you could do or have done? You know what, I've, I've talked about this with Candace. Both of us previously, in a previous life of church together, uh, used to be on the, the music team, right? So mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden, we're, we're not participating and serving the same way that we used to. Um, and so I would say I agree with you. It, it feels like that whole awkward like defense cheering thing when I'm watching mm -hmm. Uh, Sam, uh, you know, lead uh, with Dorothy, and I'm like, oh, that's that's great that they're doing what they're doing, and I'm so thankful for them. And it's really hard to participate. So mm. um, I've tried everything from cranking it up to be really loud, um, and we've talked about busting out our own guitars and just playing along with them mm. uh, to try to do things like that. So on a practical level, those are the things that we've talked about uh, from the musical worship side of things. Um, I don't know if there is anything previous to this sermon that was like, wow, I really do need to maybe shake some things up to match the times that we're in. Because I mm -hmm. think the way you say it was, you know, stop pretending like it's normal. I've almost tried to normalize things like, well, this is just the new normal. So I'm just going to carry. So I've probably taken one and three to heart where I tried to normalize it and I tried to press on but I haven't yep. tried to change anything to adapt to what we're currently in. So, um, you know, it's, it's never it's never too late for that. We're uh, 84 days in or whatever, and I'll probably figure out a couple of extraordinary measures to do. Um, I mm -hmm. think that'll probably start sometime this week. In terms of reading schedule, uh, I would say the fact that we haven't um, done anything extraordinary has probably been actually good for me because mm -hmm. It's easy for me to kind of, well, you know, our schedule, work, everything is just all over the place. So mm -hmm. why don't I just go with the flow? But instead, we've leaned into just a very regimented uh, reading schedule. Like I've, I've still kept up with, you know, morning devotional, things like that, that I, you know, it would have been easy to like, well, I'll just sleep in and I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, so in that way, the extraordinary measure has been to not change that. Um, mm -hmm. And that has been helpful for me. So that's kind of where I'm at with those things. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah, it's a. I think for whoever would it would be whatever they're doing, it would take some. Or excuse me, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen to heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Right. Yeah. It's easy to to pull back in a half heartedness. Yeah. But, and it's 
uh, easy to justify it as I have to because it's not the way it's supposed to be. But let's in, let's embrace that. Let's stop pretending and let's yeah let's put our whole heart into it. And for some people, it might just be all right. Everything that that I've been doing before, I'm just not going to be half-hearted. I'm just going to press in full force all my heart um, and embrace the fact that it's weird and abnormal. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because it's not necessarily going to look dramatically different, but sure. motivation motivation matters, right? The heart matters yep. Yep. Uh, much more than, say, behavioralism. So, yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good place to end for today. What do you think? Yeah, right on. All right. Well, thanks for this final episode. I mm-hmm. hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And for anyone who's been watching, it's on YouTube, so you can always just rewatch if there's anything mm-hmm. that strikes uh, interest or anything like that. So... Thank you so much, and this is us signing off for now. Bye. Well, that's all for today on Lobby Talk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, and remember to bring your questions and be ready to contribute to your small group meeting this week. And if you're not in one, please contact us at info at hopemarkham.ca, as we'd love to support you and for you to have community in times like these.